Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream. Grand final week. It's finally here. Breaking news. The big opinions. Last minute goss from inside the locker room. If it's grand final news you need, get it right here. The Triple M Grand Final Scrum. G'day everybody. Yeah, Grand Final Scrum. Another look at how the Grand Final will play out, which of course you can catch that game live on Triple M or via the listener app. Uh, my name is Anthony Maroon. Got some special guests with me to talk it through this time. He's an origin. Well, he played a decade of origin for Queensland. He's a regular on Fox League and, of course, a Triple M broadcasting legend, the Raging Bull Gordon Tallis. Hello, Gordy. Hey, how you going, Maroon? And, also, and I do holiday at Penrith and Parramatta too. Is that right? Yeah, what? Yeah. Where do you start? What do you do at Penrith? You just go water in the Cable Water Skiing Park and well, all I that? used to go out there, and they got that great restaurant is at Osso's. Or oh yeah, yeah. yeah Girdlers, mate. Yeah, yeah. MGs, mate. But then I also saw you in the iFly that. Fake air um, skydiving thing. Love that. Mm. Love that. I know you do. Yeah. It, it feels like I'm under 100 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> Gowie, Craig Gower, welcome to you. Right. Thank you very much. Mate, you, you deserve a better intro than that. 238 games for Penrith, uh, half a dozen games for the Blues in origin. You represented your country. You played rugby as well. But uh, I guess the Dally M's must come to mind with you now after what happened. For those who don't know, Craig Gower, in 2003, you, of course, were going to win the award, but uh, there was an issue with the players and the RLPA and the NRL, etc., and no award was given. Yeah, well, I, I spoke about it yesterday, actually, and um, it sort of blew up a little bit. I should have just shut my mouth. But, um, yeah, just referring to, you know, back then, obviously it's a, a great accolade to have. And, uh, unfortunately, um, circumstances at the time, we boycotted and, uh, obviously, we thought we we're doing the right thing, trying to get a more of a say in the game for the players. And you know, leading on, apparently, I would have won it. Now, the, the league is actually saying that, uh, that you know they can't def- definitively say that I would have won it. Mm. But obviously, Buzz wrote an article back in the day, or last year, obviously, and said that I would have won it. But there's no doubt you would have won it. I played in that era, and I was part of the players' association with Brad Fittler and a lot of the guys, and we were the senior guys at our clubs, and we had to go have a meeting with. Um, Dave Gallup and the boys and we and we didn't turn up and it was a power play and the players now actually have a seat at the table but they didn't and Craig paid the ultimate sacrifice because he was the best player mm. in that year and you won the grand final I think too in that yeah, year. Yeah we won the GF so I'll take the GF but you know but it's uh, you take that, the GF have that medal that. to have that medal it's um, it's sort of you know to, to be you know looked at in that same realm as you know, some of those players that have been on that list is uh Certainly, you know, fantastic to have and, yeah. you know, for my kids and all the rest of it. But at the end of the day, I'll take that GF any day and, um, you know, because there's been some fantastic mm. and great players that have never won one. And more importantly, we'll talk about it more. So every year the Dally M's come yeah. up, we go, remember Craig Gow yeah. didn't get one? Yeah, leave so me out of you'll it. be mentioned mm. every I'm not year. Saying, I'm not saying one more word. I'm <laughs> hoping I'm done. I'm done. But just in closing, it would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, certainly would be nice. Mm. Yeah, you know, as I said, it's, um, you know, it's a great accolade to have, you know, on your CV and, Obviously, not many people have that that, uh, that accolade in the, in the cupboard. All right, boys, uh, let's talk a little bit about the premierships that you guys won. Obviously, Gordy, you won multiple with the mighty yeah. Brisbane Broncos side. Oh, and, and obviously, there's a Super League one there for you in 97. Then there's back to the NRL in 98 where you won one in 2000. The list goes on and on of the grand finals that you were involved in. Yeah. Is there one that stands out, mate? I guess that 98, it was a, you really crucified the doggies that day. You'd remember that one well. Yeah, but the one that stands out when you just said stand out the one that I played at the dragons, uh, that yep. I lost. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and for some reason I was young and, 
you know, just got involved in the hype and it was really big. And the Dragons are one of those big clubs. It's like a Parramatta style club where, you know, you win five games and, you know, your fans and same as South Maroon, like they go buy grand final tickets and this is our year. And, you know, with Parramatta and St. George fans, like you win 10 games in a row, they go get a tattoo saying Premiers, mm. you know, 2022 yeah. or whatever. Mm. So it was a really proud club and um, they'd got beaten the year before and, you know, I think we thought that it was our year, you know, sort of heading back to that. And it was Tina Turner and it was that great period of rugby league, I thought, where they were afternoon grand finals. And I learned so much about that game, about my career, about big games, about not playing them before I was there and getting, just getting distracted. Because I remember, you know, in the race in the tunnel, there was a bit of a commotion and I, and the door opened up and I saw Tina Turner and I wanted to have a second look. When fast forward any other game, I didn't care who was in the tunnel. Yeah. Mm. There could have been, you know, like an earthquake around me, but I was in the moment in the zone. So, so that's the game that stands out for me. But uh, the Broncos grand finals, um, I suppose, 97 was Super League and that didn't get too many ticks of approval from the game. And then in 98, we made a pact that if we wanted to solidify the 97, we had to win the yeah. 98 and we did that. Mm. And then 2000 is probably my favourite Bronco because there was no Alan Langer, no Steve Renouf and no Glenn Lazarus and Kevy Walters was injured for a lot of the year. I think I captained more games that year than Kevy, and it was the young guys coming through. So I felt like it was probably myself, Shane Webke, Darren Lockyer, Wendell Saylor, Brad Thorne. It was a young group that those guys have taught us how to win and then we had the reins, I'd say. Mm. Do you think that you needed that loss to... You know, sort of appreciate what you're actually into because I, I don't believe in that. But no, you know, I, 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 I don't think I needed to lose it to then go on and win one. Like then that's a like then that's rubbish. Yeah, I mean, like, like you don't have to win like a million dollars to go out there and learn how to make a million dollars. You know, I yeah, just think yeah. that that if you keep on learning along the way, and when you do win, you know that there's lessons in life. But but like for me, it was the first big game that I played in. I was 19. I was a bench player all year. I had. Brad McKay, David Barney, or Scott Goulet in front of me. I never thought I'd be playing in the grand final. Yeah. So when I got there, it was the bonus. But then, because I was a fringe player and then blokes were getting injured, so I was getting a bit more game time. And I just realized then that if you want to be a part of those big dances and the end of the year games, you have to be a little bit more focused when you come to them. Do you think that Brisbane side in the early 90s was under the cap? No, yeah. no, no, oh, no, oh, oh, oh early, please, oh, oh, early Brisbane, yeah, early Brisbane. Oh, well, you, you looked at that side and, oh, you no, know, early. Elf and, but you don't know. forget, mate, they were playing in the Brisbane comp on eight grand hmm. and six grand because that's all those clubs could afford. So then they were playing in a competition that was a second tier competition. So when they signed for 40 and 50, that was huge. Yeah. Like they were getting five times their money to go play. They didn't, no, no, no. Early Broncos underpaid. The Broncos in 98 when the Super League broke. No way. Mm. No uh, way. Gowie, uh, what about you in the 2003 grand final? Now, obviously, when we do sports lunches and things, it always comes up that you hijacked the bus and the, took the bus from the Grey Gums or one of the pubs to the club. But I want to talk about playing in that Penrith side a couple of years ago. They were nowhere, much like the Cowboys were last year. The, Cow the Panthers side a couple of years before that were nowhere. They come in. And they win that grand final against the powerhouse that was the Roosters. Yeah, certainly. You know, we went through a rough trot there with, you know, obviously, you know, our playing group as, as such. But sometimes when you just buy the right people, uh, you know, we had Sats come across. Then we had Preston come in that, that year. We had some young guys that have had a year in first grade. So they, 
Trent Waterhouse to, to come comes to mind. And Luke then we Lewis. had a, we had an influx of juniors come through. Luke yeah. Lewis, Shane Rodney, mm. Luke Rooney. Yeah. And they were the guys that actually just molded the team together to what we needed. And obviously you talk about salary cap and, and things like that. You can't, you can't just go and buy yourself a, a premiership and out West is that that's how the foundations are. The foundations are, it comes through the juniors. You know, we had a lot of, I think it was eight or nine juniors in the team at that, at that time. And now you look at the, the, this team at the moment, it would probably be the same, probably more. Hmm. And it just shows you, you have the right pathways and that was the, you know, a massive reason why we turned around, you know, it, and like anything, it takes hard work. You know, we, we didn't start the season too well, um, but we, we gained momentum, you know, by winning ugly, you know, we won a couple of games ugly and then we'd lose one. And, and then after a while you start to build confidence and Gordon knows when, when you start, that confidence starts to come, it's infectious and you just want to get out there and play and, and, and you have a, a sort of an arrogance about, yeah, we, all we need to do is just turn up and we'll get the job done and we'll win the game. But you got the wooden spoon the year before that, didn't you? That's correct. Yeah. Well, yep. like it's a massive turnaround. Yeah. But Gary just said something. And, you know, when someone sneezes in this game, everybody gets COVID, mm. you know, like, and everybody follows. And the pattern was, you know, Melbourne Storm and now Sir Roosters, you know, go by them. But what Penrith has been able to achieve in the last three years, I think it's 67 wins from 78 Amazing. games or some, mm. some, some right. ridiculous stat. But they're mainly all local juniors. Hopefully, every club goes out there and goes, we need to invest in our kids. We need to invest in our juniors because everybody has followed the Melbournes or the Roosters or those clubs. But we can't deny that Penrith and the young kids, that are, it's probably the youngest squad in the competition. Yeah. And they all come from one area and they've all played together mm. since they were 12 and 13. And, you know, and then that's the glue in the joint. You look at that too. Also, you know, a lot of clubs don't have the same junior base. So, you know, they need to come and steal from Penrith, which they certainly do, mm. you know, and you can see that. Almost now. for every kid Penrith pick up, there's three that miss out in yeah. the same position, or five. Mm. Well, you look at the, the doggies are virtually building a club on Penrith's with respect off cuts. You know, uh, the doggies have got Burton. They're getting what are they making rissoles out of? They're making rissoles and snags. <laughs> but it's we talk about that Penrith nursery. They really have got the system right. I mean, they've they're they're plucking from within their own junior system. A lot of those superstars come from areas like Dubbo and Wellington and places like that. So, you know, they are working with the salary cap saying, okay, well, this one's got to go, but we've got another one to fill in. We've got another one to take over. And, and that all comes down to what you're doing in the pathways. And they certainly are. You, you know, you look, they've just won the Jersey flag, SG ball, and you say, well, it's cup. So, you know, club. they've got... The cheerleaders won the best cheerleaders. They've got the best donut shop. They've just won MG's the mayor. Like he's the best mayor in Western yeah. Sydney. Mate. They're winning everything. Yeah. And, and that's the pathway. You know, that's mm. the pathway. And that's that's their model. Their model is mm. is that when they can't afford that's not in their in their vision, then obviously they need someone coming through. And at the moment, they've got that. Now, next year, you know, there's a lot of guys that are going to come, come off. Liam Martin, Crichton, To'o. There's a number of them. So it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, how that dollars and cents add up. And obviously after you sign Nathan and you've got Luai, you've got um, Fisher-Harris, Yoey, you know, like there's a nucleus of a, of a fantastic side, but they just need to plug those other mm. It happens at every club. It does. It happens. And Brian Fletcher, I think the CEO out there, or the boss, the GM, come out and said that we got to be resigned to lose two players every year. Yeah. And, yeah. That's, and that's what happens because all these young kids filter in. So there's so many kids coming into the funnel. Yeah. So you're going to have to let two go. And after 2003, we yes, we had a decent year the year after again and got done by the dogs in the, the major semi, but we started to lose players again because obviously 
cap issues and all the rest of it, but we didn't have that next wave of young come kids. through. Mm. And that's where we dropped the ball. And we then we had some stale years there after that. Yeah. This, this, sorry, Gary, this is starting to sound like the Penrith show here. What about they are actually playing somebody here? They mate, are we'll playing. Get, who are they playing? They're playing, playing Parramatta, mate. Oh, who are they? Seriously. And, uh, we used to <laughs> Do you say. You guys dislike each other. So you say, like, mate, because this show's going to Queensland and everybody's talking about it. And I said, no, it's big because I sit with Nathan Hindmarsh. And every time they play, like every time Parramatta play a side, I oh know they got the wood on us or we got that. It's a, you mm. know, like they don't realize how close the tribes are here. And it yeah. probably goes back to the old yeah. Brisbane comp when Redcliffe played Winham and they don't like each other, but when they play at home, they always win. Yeah. But you, but you two don't like each other, do you? Well, that just dates back. And you, and you can see why, even if the teams aren't high in on the ladder, you still get a, a great crowd there because, you know, obviously the following, the passion from both, both sets of fans but they you know, we've had some, some cracking battles, you know, mm. at Parramatta Stadium, you know, Penrith Stadium, and it's just the game that you, that you look forward to, uh, a little bit more than maybe a couple of the others. So many of, so many of you have played for both clubs. And I mean, I can go back to the names of probably Jeff Gerrard. That's going back yeah. to the seventies where blokes played for both clubs or but big Bob O'Reilly played for both clubs. And in did the, the modern Adamson game, boys play for both clubs. I don't think the Adamson yes. boys, did yes, they? they did. Come on. Did Matt play? Yeah, Matt and, and Phil. Both. Played for both clubs. Both. There yep. you go. Yep. Yeah. So there's a, there's just a, an absolute, you know, even till today, plethora. there's, you know, a plethora. That's yep. the word I'm looking for. So that's, um, I guess, buys into the rivalry a little bit. Um, Parramatta obviously haven't won the grand final for 36 years. No. Somebody said earlier that uh, about Ferris Bueller's day off being the movie and the biggest selling car being the, the VL Holden Commodore. and One other one. What's that? You know what was number one oh, in the movie? Top Gun. But, Top Gun. You yeah. know what was number one this year? Top, Top Gun. Gun. Yeah. Is there anything in that though? Oh, there could be. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Mm. Tom Cruise and his wig. That's what's in it. <laughs> we used to say, we don't hear this so much anymore, Gowie. We used to say an underdog club, like in this situation, Para, we used to say they played their grand final getting there. Do you think that there's any truth in that with Para? Uh, no, I don't think so because they didn't play too well. You know, they weren't, they weren't the best side in the game. They just got away with it, you know, like, oh, you know, you talk about the contentious call and the rest of it. But at the end of, the, end of the day, defensively, they got it done. And they, they beat him up there. Obviously, Mitchell Moses had a few other things going on in his life as well. And so it's like anything. They're, they're in the, the big game, the, the biggest game of their life. I think the pressure is com uh, completely on Parramatta, just particularly because of 36 years, mm. fans, and also internally, because it's... It's like they eat, eat each other apart in that in that joint, you know. So, uh, you know, for me, it's it's their game in the way of how they want to approach it. Are they going to enjoy the the game for what it is and and be happy about you know obviously playing in a grand final and coming out with and doing your best? Now, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. That's the problem, just because of that all that pressure that sits on the outside. Let me bring you back in on this one, Gordy, because Nathan Brown's been picked into this side. We haven't seen Nathan Brown since round seventeen, so. You know, 25 regular rounds. We haven't seen him play first grade for probably three months. Nathan Brown, there's allegedly... He's built for this game. How does he go but three months away from the NRL? It doesn't matter. It's a grand final. He's not going to play 80 minutes. You don't need him out there in the middle. It's not an origin. It's They've got front rows. He's going to come on to do a job. And the job that he has to do might be a 25-minute job, and he can do that. You watch him play. He is their energy. I always thought that he was their standard and their bar, and for some reason, you know. But Madison's come along, and then and, and Sean Lane has been unearthed, and you've got Papali'i that's been outstanding. And then 
everybody's, you know, fell in love with carrying a halfback on the bench because you watch Queensland do it with so much success with Cooper Cronk and, you know, Benny Hunt and Harry Grant or like a nine. So they cover that position instead of four bigger forwards. But I think, I think if I was playing, I'd like him beside me because mm. you want that mad guy that's just going to go out there and just do something and do something to his body and set a standard and a level and that some guys just don't want to do because they play a little bit more measured. And I don't buy into the time because emotion's going to get you through. I think I it, believe. I think they, it, why he's picked him is because it shores up the middle for him. Bryce Cartwright doesn't do that to you. No. Like he's not a strong defender through the through the middle. So he's a he's a pretty player. Yeah. So simply, it's that's the way. I think the only way that Par- Parramatta beats Penrith is that they attack the right side. And why I say that is because you have got Charlie Staines there that hasn't really played that well. You know, he he's, you see he had a poor read against South on the weekend, and he just doesn't gel as as well as Taylor May does to to Crichton. So if I was if, I, if I'm Parramatta, I'm running. Two leads straight at inside and outside Nathan, so he can't move, so he can't slide and, and try and help help out because it's going to make those two guys make come up with big reads. And from what I've seen last week, I think that's one thing that's going to be deficient for mm-hmm. for for Penrith. So if I'm Brad Arthur, that's I'm just I'm playing there all day, all day. And don't forget, where's Nathan Brown playing next year? No one knows. I say the West Tigers. Mm. Well, what about Who do they have to put pressure on? What if he's got a job? Go out there. And every time Nathan Cleary gets the ball, he hits the dirt legally, but he's yeah. got it. He actually has to hit the ground. Queensland did it, and that was their plan. Every time, no matter you're around him, he has to be knocked over. And then it's energy and just letting him know that you're around. So then he has some taken, and no one likes doing it. So he takes a step back, takes a step back, more time for the catches. What mm. if he's on there to do that job? Do you think he can do that job? Yeah, I think he can do that <laughs> Absolutely job. Absolutely, yeah. he can do that job. 100%. He's built for that job. That's right. Now, let me ask, I'm going to ask you to go the other way, Gowie. Parramatta. If Parramatta win, where do they win? How do they win? Uh, as I just said, mate, it's it's down that, that right side of Penrith, uh, just attacking that uh, on their left side. And just, it's going to, it's going to take a number of shots. You, they're going to need to break them down. And it's just going to be the, those big moments where Mitchell Moses mm. uh, and they stand up. He has to stand up. This is his, the biggest game of his life, and there's always been question marks about his his game. So if he can if he can propel Parramatta to a win, I think it's um you know it's gonna you know put his career as one of the top line halfbacks. It, it, it's it's a strange one because Penrith is so good that they come and they want to play at one pace. They come and they just can play at a level and they go and they get up to cruising altitude and they go like that. Parramatta play in waves. They come out so fast. And if they can get a jump on Penrith, that's how they beat them. Parramatta aren't, aren't an 80-minute footy side. And we watched that last week. They, they made eight mistakes in the first half. In the second half, they made two. So the first half and second half, they're two different sides. Mm. They were the good Parramatta and bad Parramatta in 80 minutes, and they got the job done. If they can be good Parramatta for 60 minutes, I think that's good enough. But it's got to be the first 60 minutes. If they come out, out of the blocks like they did about eight weeks ago, and I know Nathan Cleary got sin bin that game, but if they blast out of the blocks, we've all played those games where we think we've got to come out here and we're worried about our job, we're worried to get to a kick, and this side comes and they end up start poking their nose through and you're not getting back on time and you're starting to panic a little bit and you're not panicking to your teammates where you go, geez, these blokes are on today. Yep. And then you start running, they start hitting you before you do it and your passes aren't quite sticking. And, th- and then they jag a couple of tries and all of a sudden they got their tail in the air. They're going to be hard to beat. But if Penrith, 
get to their cruising altitude and they can just keep on flying over and they drop their bombs and they put their kicks in and they put their plays on. And I think that they're going to go to Yo. I think, I think Yo will be the player that they go to. I don't think that they're going to go to Nathan Cleary so much because he's been spoken about so much. Mm. And I think Yo was that good in the first four games this year. He got man of the match. So I think Yo will be the player that'll sneak down the side and that's where they might attack some good ball. But who knows? And that's what makes it so intriguing. I actually do believe Parramatta can win it. And if I was playing with Parramatta and, and I've played with guys like Pig and if I'm playing with a guy like him and we're playing for Parramatta, I reckon we think we win. If I'm playing with Penrith, I believe we can win as well. One, I believe we will. We can win one. I think we can win if we play well. Hmm. Well, you both said it, Gowie. For Parramatta to win, forget all the tactics, hmm. Mitchell Moses has got to stand up like he never has before. Yeah, I think so. With, with Dylan Brown, because you, you can't be just one half, hmm. because if the ball's just going to one direction, it's easy to, to defend against. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're packed. They've got a great pack. You know, okay. And this is the thing. Like, you look at both sides, they've got wonderful players across the board. But it's just going to come down to big moments. Who's yeah. going to take those moments? You know, for us, back in the day, we had Sats making the tackle. Yep. You know, Prudhoe come up with three massive plays. Oh, that passed. But, but we, you know. Mate, he the... didn't do that when I was playing with him, Prudhoe. <laughs> Don't worry, he was copping a spray going down that left side. I was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mate, he threw, that, mate, he threw a cutout ball to Luke Rooney, I think, yeah, yeah. in the wet. In the wet. 30 three. metres. Mm. He yeah. couldn't throw it in the dry, Prudhoe. <laughs> he throws it in the wet, yeah. in the biggest stage. Just when Walks decides to come in that far, I was going, wow, wow. And it, that's think walks get that he's down the other end. That's yeah. how that's how crucial yeah. it was, you know. But no, Chris big, was big looking moments. at himself on the big screen. Don't yeah. worry about that. Yeah, hey, but you know what? You just made a point about a game plan, and I say it all the time, but I mean it. The bigger the game, I have never heard of a player, and I've never mate, they've walked off, and they're never in a dressing room. Go, how good was that game plan? Yeah, no one yeah. in the history of the game has gone. There might be a set play that they put, but that's four points. Your game plan might get you four points. Mm. The rest is effort and effort. energy and yeah. eye contact and mateship that wins the games. And that's what you don't see. So when people go, oh, the game plan, throw it out. Mate, seriously, I'm not joking. The coaches don't really need to be there this week, and I don't want to disrespect them. They could sit at home. The blokes could turn up, just like some said, training's here. There's the bus, and they get on, and I reckon they could play just as well. Hey, uh, what about if I asked you now, Penrith by how many, and who wins the Clive Churchill? Parramatta by four. Clint, oh, you're tipping Parra to win. Clint Gutherson will get man of the match because for Parramatta to win, he has to be ice cold under Nathan Cleary's kicking game. So Gordy Tallis has gone Parramatta to win, Gutho, Clive Churchill medal. Gowie, try and go with your head here, not your heart. Who's going to win? Who's going to win the Clive Churchill medal? Yeah, um, it's uh, Penrith by 14. Mm -hmm. And uh, I reckon Dylan Edwards be the... What a player. Didn't he teach him all a lesson? In rugby league last week. You know, the best thing about these two fullbacks, they are effort players. Hmm. You know, they haven't got the same skill as, you know, you look at Tedesco or, you know, Latrell, but these guys put their bodies through the, the ringer every week and they just come up with big plays. Even Gutho against uh, North Queensland, picking that one up off, the, off his Everywhere. feet. That, yeah. You know? But the bigger thing about Gutho, he, he's going to have to look after Wackar Blake because he's going to be <laughs> copping that many bombs oh, yeah. because mm. he, he, his confidence is down. Yeah. It's but there's a simple plan that, for that, right? Like we, listen, I played with Wendell at the back and not disrespecting Wendell. He's one of the best wingers that we've ever played with. Just ask like, him. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, I don't know which ego he's going to come out with, but, <laughs> but, but Wendell wasn't great under the high ball. And sometimes like they'd get him as soon as the ball goes up, that's another defensive play. You don't let a Penrith player run past you. So if you're a Parramatta player, if that ball goes up, it's not time to stop. 
you run back as fast as they run back, you get more plays around the ball. Mm. It doesn't matter whether he drops it. Just just make it another defensive play, yeah. like someone's yeah. made a break, and you defend a kick. But what happens is it goes up. They got eight players going down, picking on one, and you just let him go. It's pretty. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not fair. If he didn't have the ball and they're throwing punches, everybody would run back to help their mate. So pretend that he doesn't have the ball and go back there and help and him, because and they'll that, be right. In that semi-final, when he did put him down, it was like Parramatta's heads went down as well. Yeah. So and I think that's just going to be crucial just for their psyche. You know, if, if he does put one down, can he, can they defend that next set? Okay, so just to be clear, can you Can I tell went... a Craig Gale story? Yeah, go. Is that a I good was, one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Is that a good one? <laughs> yeah, well, I did tour with him for eight weeks. They were even better stories. Yeah. But no, we... we um. We played Penrith one day, and you know you talk about all these efforts. And Big Carl Webb, shout out to Big Carl Webb, and but he's playing, and Charlie Webb was really hard to tackle, right? And we're playing Penrith, and Penrith are in that era where they were really good. We're playing them out. There was a cold, miserable sort of Friday night. It was a bit damp. You know the Westerlies are blowing in. You can smell the rum and the Woodstock cans. The Penrith fans are wow, wow, wow. the scoreboard's <laughs> going. You know they're playing ACDC. The Flannos are out. It's a tough <laughs> night at the office. Let me tell you, right? So you go, and Carl Webb takes a hit down the short side and knocks their leader out. Craig Gower goes straight back, knocked out. Ah, <laughs> here we go. We got this one. Well, he gets up, shakes himself off, and gets man of the match. Yeah, Gowie. So I, I can't even remember that. No. So <laughs> then that's the Penrith DNA. <laughs> yeah. So when you go out there, so my story about that is who's the Penrith player that does that? Who and like mm. I know with all the concussion rules, but that's not getting knocked out. But I mean losing the battle, getting up, dust yourself off, and keep on going. Mm. And he did it that night, and I saw it firsthand, and I thought that we had him gone. Yeah. I started like cheering. I'm thinking, oh yeah. I'll get a Krispy Kreme and, <laughs> and a couple of Dunkin' Donuts well, on the way home. The good Nothing. thing is, Gowie, that um, you kept that tradition going off the field because I've seen you at the Pio a few times. You knock yourself around a bit in the Pio as well, don't you, old mate? Oh, you know. So, what do you say? Did you? Can I just clear up? You said Penrith to win Dylan Edwards, uh, Clive Man, Churchill? 14 yes. points. 14 said. points. And you said Gutho. Four so points. both fullbacks from you guys. Well, it's so important, the kicking yeah. games. You know, like it, it's – they are – I always bag wingers and fullbacks, but they are so important. Like it used to be, a, you know, like a fullback bringing the ball back then. It was wingers. Now it's the back five, you know, and they're and they're like the second forward pack. Yep. Or sometimes, if they're better, they're like mm. the first forward pack. Yeah. Well, boys, it's uh, always good to be in the company of uh, legends. Gowie, we don't see enough of you, mate. But uh, all the best. Enjoy Sunday. Will do. Thanks, Maroon. And uh, Gordy will catch you on Fox League. I love and on seeing Triple M. you with clothes on for the first time in a long time, mate. I'm happy to take them off right now. <laughs> Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream.